attendees, if you're just joining us, just give us about 30 seconds to get started and then we'll begin. All right, hello everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik Chanko, Editor-in-Chief of Club Solutions Magazine, and welcome to our monthly uh, virtual thought leadership series. Today's topic is social media, sponsored by Modus Consumer Insights. We have a really awesome panel for you all. We also have a special guest, which is my colleague, Taylor Brown, who's joining us today. Um, I'll, I know some of you know, I'll be going on maternity leave in a couple weeks and she'll be moderating these panels moving forward. So I wanted to go ahead and have her join so we could co-moderate. Thought that would be a fun little addition. So yeah, excited to get started. I'm gonna go ahead and have everyone go around and introduce themselves and share a little bit about their facilities and a fun fact. Diva, let's start with you. I knew you were gonna do that. Hi. <laughs> My name is Diva Richards. I'm the CEO of Hard Work, No Excuses Gym in Marlton, New Jersey. We're 20 minutes outside of Philadelphia. We are a hybrid fitness facility, meaning we do all modalities. Uh, I like to say we give big club amenities, but have that small community feel. Um, one fun fact about me is I love Cartoon Network. That's all I watch. I do not binge on anything else. I watch American Dad and... And I watch Family Guy. That's what I do with my spare time. Interesting. <laughs> awesome. All right, Paula. Hi, guys. My name is Paula Fraze, and I am the social media and web content director at Gainesville and Fitness. Um, Gainesville and Fitness is in Gainesville, Florida, and we have three locations, one just for women. Um, a fun fact is I'm obsessed with soccer. I'm Brazilian, so I feel like it's in my blood. So... Coming up soon, November 20th, is the first match of the World Cup, and my entire personality will be about soccer. <laughs> nice. I'm glad we got you before. That yes, then. I'm very busy <laughs> after. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Mario. All right. So my name is Mario Devon Purnell. I run a media company called Dojo Media Group. Uh, on the fitness side, one of my clients is Quantum Fit Life, located here in Nashville, Tennessee. But personally, I specialize in branding content video photo website development just we do it all uh fun fact about me is the way that linked up is i used to work in the music industry as a music producer and manager uh, from about age 18 to 28. so i've taken everything that i've learned there and pretty much applied to different brands but yeah i used to make beats until three o'clock in the morning and that was my lifestyle eating zero food and you know hopped up on coffee the entire time so there you go <laughs> Sounds fun. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> awesome. All right, Bree. Hi, I'm Bree Brimhall. I work for Vasa Fitness. Um, I'm based in Utah, but we're also based out of Colorado. Um, I am overseeing the social media team is one of my main roles. Um, and a fun fact about me, I'm a huge nerd. I love Marvel and Star Wars and book talk and all that fun stuff. Awesome. <laughs> Taylor, I know I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't warn you about this. You want to share a little bit about how long you've been with the company and maybe Absolutely. a fun fact? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Taylor Brown, obviously. Uh, I have been with the company for a little over three years, so before in May of next year. Um, I'm also the face behind all of our event marketing, and I run social media for two of our other brands for Peak Media. Um, a fun fact about me is I broke my back in college. Um, I was a collegiate cheerleader, and I broke my back. So it wasn't fun in the moment, but yeah. <laughs> well, fun, another fun fact is we do call her Bad Luck Brown because she tends to have really crazy things happen to her. Okay. That is true. Like breaking my back. Twice, actually. <laughs> that is sad. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> awesome. Well, again, yes, we've got a great panel on this topic of social media marketing. Um, so attendees, if you have any questions for them during the discussion, please put them in the chat or the Q&A, and we should have time to get to them at the end. So yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, so I'm going to ask each of you, what's currently trending in social media marketing from your perspective as it relates to kind of the fitness industry? Um, Paula, I want to get your thoughts. Um, I think TikTok right now, obviously, is huge. I think reels are still really big um, and a great way to kind of get your brand and your face out there. Something that I heard from Gary Vee recently was with um, creating ads on Netflix and how to do it in a really seamless way. So let's say you're watching Stranger Things and then a commercial comes up and it has the same vibe as Stranger Things, but it's an ad. Um, so I think that's something that is definitely trending right now is how to create ads, whether it's social media or um, anything else that's a seamless uh, experience for the user. Yeah, it's a great point. I um, watch this cartoon called Rick and Morty mm -hmm. and Wendy's has commercials where they've taken the Rick and Morty characters. And of course, you know, I'll like start fast forwarding through the commercials, but then I always accidentally pause on the Wendy's commercial because I think it, the show has started. And then at that point, I just go ahead and watch it. So yeah. to your point. Yeah. All right, Mario, what are your thoughts oh. on trends? <laughs> um, what I've noticed lately, especially on the TikTok side, is that people are more creative than we think. So right now, trending sounds, I think, is uh, a big emergence because what I'm noticing on TikTok is not just all your typical creators making content. It's like regular people being funny and they're using sounds that they heard that they think are funny and finding a way for them as a regular Joe Schmo, as they say, person makes something that's super funny. So I think that's been, even in fitness, I've seen people use uh, pretty cool sounds and go viral just because they use the sound that other people liked or used and related it to fitness. So trending sounds, I think is pretty big right now. Yeah. All right. Viva. Um, I actually wrote down everything they said because I was like, I don't want to say the same things because I knew we would probably all say the same things. But the one thing I have noticed, uh, definitely Instagram side is definitely reels. Um, but on TikTok side, content is actually getting longer. Like there was a point, remember, where everybody was like, you got 10 seconds, you got six seconds, you got three. And yeah, you still got to hook them in three. But overall content is getting super long. We're going like three to 10 minutes now. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's interesting because now it really gives you space. If you can hook them in and develop and extend that watch time, like, wow. So content is getting longer. longer yeah. Good. yeah. What are your thoughts, Bree? 
Um, I mean, like Diva, I wrote down a lot of very similar stuff, but uh, one other thing besides reels and videos that obviously are trending, um, I feel like people are connecting more with relatable content, like more organic look and feel stuff that they can put their shoes in rather. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind of going off of all that, what brands, social media platforms do you feel are being most effective for your brands? Which is giving you the most engagement, reach? Which ones do you spend the most time with? Diva, we'll start with you. Sure. (laughs) All right. For me, um, right now, we, uh, I'll say Instagram has been the best for us. There was a point where my market was a little older and Facebook was doing great for us. It still does great for us in terms of really getting people in, but Instagram, that entertainment piece has been great for that 25 to, to 40 market for me. We are not on TikTok just because I don't have anybody to run it. It's like one more platform, Jesus Christ. Like you know, I need to, until I get one of these young girls to run it, I won't be on there because I don't have time to run it. But um, yeah, definitely Instagram has been great for us and Facebook has been great for us in terms of um, getting the older members. I like to say the longer standing members that are people say, cause 25 to 35, they're a little flighty. They jump yeah. gyms every other month. You get somebody that's 45 and up, if they come, they usually stay. So we've been using that to tap into both of those markets. Awesome. Paula, what's working for Gainesville? Well, we recently had a TikTok go viral for a women's center. Um, and over 10 million views, we've gotten people wanting to join just our women's center. Um, we've gotten people wanting to apply for jobs to work with us. So that's been like a really incredible surprise. Um, but I think for us, very similar to what Diva said is Instagram is really great for relating to like the majority of our market. Um, and we do have older members as well, where Facebook is like perfect for them. So it's a little bit of a combination of mostly Instagram and Facebook with TikTok kind of being like that surprise benefit that we're really trying to pursue now also. Awesome. Bree, what about you? Um, Instagram and Facebook for us are both awesome for paid and organic. Um, I would say Instagram is more effective for our organic strategy just because it's super engaging and it's a great place to build a community where people feel comfortable and, you know, they're liking, they're sharing, they're, you know, creating their own content around our gym. And I would say that one's our top for sure. TikTok is great. We also are still working on it. It's a work in progress, but we'll get there. It's it's growing. <laughs> I've seen a lot on TikTok is, people going into gyms and just like Mm -hmm. it's like free marketing because you'll have your logo in the background and it's just like regular kids being like here's the workout I did today so it's very interesting to see where that'll go yeah Mario what about you um so for my answers it's going to be perspective from like everything that I do in a sense so on the fitness side of things, Instagram is is always going to be king because that's where Instagram kind of like that's where the fitness kind of trend blew up is, is Instagram. So people are there. I think we use it the most easily. Uh, weirdly enough, we use Instagram stories a lot, like a lot. Like I remember want to see themselves on the story just out of pure vanity. Like, hey, I'm on the Quantum Fit Life page. Uh, now, what I do differently is I, I spend a lot of time on YouTube um, because I feel like for every creator where they 
really want to be is YouTube. So when it comes to the YouTube side, we'll do, if it's a person that can talk for 10, 15, 20 minutes, a hundred percent, we're doing YouTube. Like it's just, is what it is. I know they're going to do well, but we take that content and chop it up into minutes of content. So in one fatal swoop, we can batch record their YouTube videos and have 20 Instagram reels and 20 TikToks. So it's different approaches depending on the person I work with. But for fitness, if it's 30 seconds, it's going to hit every time uh, because people just want to, you know, relate to like, oh, that's that's my leg day. Oh, that was my up, upper day. Like they just want to see content like you were saying earlier that people, you know, kind of live in their real lives. I think a common theme that I'm hearing in all of the trends and platforms that you guys have mentioned is the importance of video. So we've got reels, TikToks, obviously, video-based, YouTube. Um, how are you guys kind of prioritizing that in terms of what content you're putting out on social media? Is is it video first? Um, Bree, let's start with you. Um, I would say, yeah, video, we are using a lot more of that more recently. Um, we used to only post a couple videos a week, but we're upping our video content strategy with okay. the, all the changes on Instagram and the way the reels are just taking over. Yeah. Okay. Paula, what about you? Yeah, it was actually really interesting. We um, didn't have a whole lot of focus in YouTube until the pandemic, where we found that people wanted to connect with the gym in different ways. And we had our instructors doing live classes and things like that and just workouts that you can do at home. So we really honed in on YouTube and that's been um, one of our biggest strategies even moving into next year. Um, but we definitely prioritize videos more. Um, and very similar to what Mario was saying, if we have a video that we're gonna post on YouTube, we can chop that up, post it, reuse it, and kind of saves you some time also. Yeah. Diva. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, Instagram didn't give anybody a choice. They were just like, reels is what it is. The, the founder, I can't think of his name, the guy who's the see, you know, the guys he's always making a Mo monster. Like, yeah, thank you. He's like, yo, we're prioritizing reels. And it was just like, oh, okay. So they didn't give us a choice. So it was either you did that and got your content pushed out or your content got left behind. Now, yes, you can still use pictures. And one of my favorite sounds is Instagram is making us use reels. So here's a picture as a reel and you kind of just post whatever picture you want. But um, yeah, I mean, the platform kind of started to dictate what it wanted us to do. So you either shifted or you got left behind. Yeah. Mario, anything you want to add on that? Um, everyone's right. I mean, video is king. I will let you know, just in my personal business investment, like I invested so much money this year in cameras just so they could shoot better video and, yeah. and camera like accessories that would allow me to shoot vertical video. And as a cinematographer, we hate shooting vertical video because it's not, <laughs> it's like what you can just use your phone and, but people want very clear, crispy vertical video. And we think it's stupid, but when you <laughs> see how much money people are willing to pay for vertical video, you shut your mouth and you just do the vertical video. So there you go. Uh, yeah, video has been king. Um, but I will say, I have also tested out just sprinkling in a little bit of photos. It can work too, but it has priority has to be video with some photos, not a lot, just a couple, you know. Yeah, there you go. 
Um, it's interesting. One platform none of you all brought up yet is Twitter. Do you all find that that is impactful for your business? I know there's Twitter's in the news every day. Something else is happening. Um, how do you all feel about the changes? Are you like alternating your strategy at all with it? What are your thoughts on that? And Brie, we'll start with you. Um, we use Twitter mainly for customer service engagement with our members. Um, it hasn't been a big content creator platform for us. So we haven't shifted our strategy at all lately. We've just kept it with the customer service. Interesting. Diva, what about you? We, we are not, we are not team Twitter. We just, we, we never really have been. Um, I've always found that Twitter is a place, um, from a business for like for, I like what she said about the customer service component. And then it's just like, you can post sales and like, I don't know, it's, it's just a different vibe. And for what I do, it, it just doesn't drive my market. So I'm not a person that feels you need to be on everything. If it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't fill you, then you don't need to do it. So we, we are not team Twitter. But if I had like a club with 10,000 members, I would probably be team Twitter. I would make it work for me. So. Yeah, Mario, what's your perspective on this? Um, Twitter, I look at Twitter as a people platform, not a business platform. Um, because Twitter only only works for a person if they are polarizing. So you want to, you have to say something that's going to spark conversation or controversy, you know, and that's the reason why Elon makes it, Elon Musk right now makes it work because if he's having a debate over how much people should spend on their verification, and then you see all these other pages that are fake pages now verified, pretending to be these, you know, you know, accredited people, now you have more polarization. So it's hard to link business with it when it's just a platform for personality and not relationships in a sense. And I feel like Instagram, Facebook, uh, even YouTube, you're building a relationship with your customer, your fan base. But on Twitter, you're just really kind of bantering and just to see who <laughs> responds back to you. So it's different. That's great insight. Paula, what about you? I mean, I agree with what everyone's saying. We're on Twitter, but barely. And I think when it comes to like anything business related, we would much rather be on Google business or LinkedIn and just kind of focus our efforts on that. But yeah, I don't see that changing anytime soon either. Well, um, I'm really curious, what are some just best practices you can all share for marketing a gym brand on social media? What advice would you give to other fitness operators out there? Um, Diva, let's start with you. Um, I would say definitely speak to your market. Like your, your, your club is not the club for everybody. And I'm not saying that in a mean way, but you know who walks in your door. So those are the people you need to try to target. So I'm not going to, you know, because we are 100%, we're not like a CrossFit gym, but we're super functional in the way we move. Like, I know who I'm looking for. I'm not going to market to people who are 70 or older. Not because I'm not being discriminatory, but more than likely, that's not my market. So that's not where I'm going to put my ad spin and push, push that information. So I think it's important to really know who your core audience is and focus on marketing to them. You do not have to market to everyone. Yeah. And like you said, you don't have to be on every platform either if it's not serving your goals. Yeah. Mario, what are your thoughts on this? 
Best so practices. it's been it's it's been interesting, especially on the fitness side, because like Diva was saying, like it's when you have your demographic, you're going to double that and triple that, and then they're gonna tell their friends. So on the marketing side, we've learned that um, when we make content, put the people on screen in our content that also relate to the customer base. Yeah. That's helped us tremendously. So we utilize our personal trainers a lot. We utilize our coaches because they're within that same age range. They kind of, you know, I don't want to, you know, our gym in Nashville is known for being a gym filled with attractive people. So I'm not going to lie. Strategically, I'm going to make sure I put my most attractive people in the business on camera because for some reason they relate to that. So um, <laughs> it's all about just speaking to your customers. And if you deviate from it and experiment, nothing wrong with that either, but you may not get the same results. But I always say test things out because what if you have a demographic and in that particular city you have everyone in that demographic now to grow the business you have to go and target new people a new type of demographic so you still have to test things out but i would echo what diva said just speak to your people and and they will speak to their people and then it'll pretty much spread like wildfire yeah well, i think it's a great point because um i think in the past gyms have kind of put a particular type of person in their marketing that maybe wasn't reflective of who was actually coming into the facilities. Um, and so, you know, it can be jarring if you kind of feel like as a consumer, you're maybe like hoodwinked because you thought you were signing up for something based off of the marketing. And then you come in the doors and you're like, okay, this isn't what I signed up for. So yeah, totally. I agree with what you just said. Paula, what are your thoughts on best practices for fitness operators? Well, I think it's interesting with Gainesville and Fitness, we have like 25,000 members. So it's hard to speak just to one person, right? Um, but I think it's also really important to have a strong brand and sense of brand so that you can communicate it to everyone. So knowing who you are as a brand and making sure that that is every time you put out a photo, a video, a message, anything, you are still being the brand. Um, I think that makes it consistent and everyone's able to see that. It just kind of makes your message a lot stronger and people recognize you a little bit better. Um, and yeah, and I think just being where you know that your people are gonna be and talking to them in the right voice and the way you wanna put the message out, it's definitely really important. Yeah. Bree, what are your thoughts? Um, I would say be authentic online create a space that is consistent with the experience that they're getting inside of the clubs. We have gyms in over seven states. So, you know, it's kind of, we want to make sure that we're keeping it consistent across those states and across, you know, everything that we do online. And I think that helps um, when you're marketing your brand online, you know, they're able to tie it with the experience that they're getting in the club with what they're getting online. You all just shared a lot of great tips on marketing. Um, what tips do you have for fostering kind of that sense of community online? Because it is a very vast space and growing your following. Because I know that can be a hard thing for a lot of people when it comes to social media. Marty, Mario, let's start with you. Um, so one of our key strategies has been using utilizing Instagram stories. Um, because we have so many people that, like for Quantum, we get about a thousand guest passes a month. 
So we have people that come from different cities visiting Nashville all over, and they're going to tag us on Instagram. We have our members that check in every day. They're going to tag us on Instagram, and they're waiting on I've had people DM me personally and be upset because it's like, hey, you didn't post my story today. And I'm like, I have a life, but that's okay. I will get to that next time. So we've utilized Instagram stories. People love to see themselves. And what's cool about that is other people love to see other people hit their PRs and have a good workout or take their gym selfies. So the sense of community is providing you know, everyone on the Instagram story. So every member can see like each other. And it's just like looking at the replies and like the fire emojis and, and the muscle emojis, like it's, it's dope to see that because these people that don't know each other, they may see each other in passing are supporting each other regardless of them being familiar with each other. Yeah, awesome. Bree, what about you? I would say a big thing is uh, be responsive and engaging to your members on your following online. Um, I think that helps. And hashtag consistency. I think having a good hashtag strategy and not veering off book and, you know, creating a ton of hashtags that your followers can't use because they can't keep up with them. Um, I think that's good. Another thing would, again, be authentic and stay true to who you are. That's a big thing about creating an online community. Paula, um, you mentioned that viral TikTok earlier, and I actually saw it on my TikTok account, which I think is funny, but there are people from all over commenting on it. So like, what do you do when you get that kind of attention? How do you continue to engage them? Well, what we did which I thought was so smart, thank God we did at the time, is we did videos based off of that video. So whether it was um, a question about the history of Women's Center or um, hanging out with like your girl squad or whatever it was, we just took kind of the theme of that viral video and then just kind of dripped it continuously. Um, and what I found too, because the comments were so overwhelming, is if you would respond to some, a lot of people would see that response. And then let's say there are a million of the same questions, they would go ahead and respond. So they would kind of chatter amongst themselves. And then I would just kind of pop in every once in a while um, to just show that we were still engaging with them, um, but we're not going to respond to the millions of comments. I guess it's impossible. <laughs> Do you have any other tips for keeping up community? Yeah, I think... I think people really want to feel connected to the brand and I like to spend time, especially on Instagram, on that account page as if, as if it's almost my own. So if I see a member posting something that has nothing to do with the gym, I'll comment from the gym and just engage with them that way, because I want them to almost look at Gaines Health and Fitness as like their friend, not just the gym. Um, so finding other unique ways to connect with them outside of just the business that we have I think is is something that makes it a little bit more unique and special for our members. Awesome. Eva, what about you? How do you build a following and community? So uh community, we have several branded walls out through the club. So they when they take pictures, our gym logo is in those spaces. There are all these spaces where people can take selfies. When I built the gym five years ago, I like put that in right away. And then um, I like the hashtag thing. We do have our own hashtag and it's been pretty cool because we have uh, TVs throughout the gym, which roll our social media content. 
So now the new thing, it took them a while to get into it, but now the new thing is if I use this hashtag, I'm on TV. So now they get to see their own workouts and everybody's like, oh, look, you're on TV and they get to show their friends. They feel special, you know, things like that. And then we did uh, just big community activities that kind of gets the whole gym involved. Like we just recently did like a Spartan race or something. They were so excited. So now everybody's tagging the gym. They're sharing with their friends and it kind of creates this ripple effect. And I was like, well, that looks cool. Who are all those people you with? Where were you? So just that those are some of the things we do on a consistent basis. Perfect. Um, well, that actually segues well into our next question, which I'm, we're just curious if you all could share maybe a recent example of a social media campaign or something, some strategy that you did recently that was surprisingly successful. Um, Diva, you just shared a couple. Are there any more, more that you want to add? Um, no, no, that's, that's, that's where we at. That's where we at. That's where we okay. at. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Paula, what about you? Um, I don't want to keep going back to that TikTok video, but I do think that I get questions a lot of like, well, how, how was it so successful? Like, how did it happen? And part of it is we have no idea. And the other part was looking at what was trending. So those trending sounds that Mario had talked about. Um, and also the way we talked about it, I, I think, especially with our market, with the women's center, it tends to be a little bit older. It tends to skew a little bit older. So when we talked about it on TikTok, it was much more of like a playful, cutesy, like this is the vibe kind of thing. Whereas if we're going to do a post on Facebook, we're talking about what the amenities are and that you'll feel safe and comfortable. So I think just to kind of bring that point home, it was how we talked about it. And then also looking at the trends, which is what we think made it so successful. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, you got to be genuine. I think anyone who's trying to go viral is not going to go viral. <laughs> it has to be organic. So, um, Mario, any um, examples of anything you've done recently on social media that was surprisingly successful or that just, you know, did well? One of the most random videos, um, me and our general manager, Carolyn Rassi, you've met Carolyn, yes. Rachel. Uh, we did this video where... She was in her regular professional clothing, heels and all, and she set up the squat rack uh, in one of our uh, fitness classes, set up the squat rack, heels and all, and did squats. And we videoed her doing that and had a voiceover pretty much saying like, you know, these different walks of life that we're in, like regardless of you're going to work or you, you know, you have your family, any of these things you have going on in the middle of your day, somewhere in that day, fitness is still a part of that lifestyle. So we just had us had her squatting in regular clothing. And, uh, and yeah, that video does well. Now it still does well. I remember looking at Instagram, it was like 500 people that shared it within the first day with other wow. people in comments. And it was just like, that's so random. Uh, I don't understand why that I, I have a reasoning of how it worked, but it was just such a random thing that, that took maybe five minutes for us to do. And it's always those things that is like five minutes that hit the mm -hmm. most. Those things you spend an hour on are the ones that fly. Never. It's so it's so silly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, less can truly be more when it comes to social media. Yeah. Bree, any examples you can share? Um Yes, I do. I, uh, we actually talked about it in the club solutions article that 
came out not that long ago, but there was this video that we did and it was a funny and relatable video. It was actually, you know, what, when you go into the gym, you check in at the front desk and you say, the front desk worker says, have a good workout. And then you say, you too, you know, everybody does it. <laughs> so <laughs> we did a funny video on that where, you know, the employee follows you around while you're working out. Everybody loved it. It was super relatable. They liked it. They shared it. They commented on it. It blew up it and it actually got our, you know, minds working. And we've been doing a lot more funny and relatable videos since then. We've kind of shifted our strategy because of that. And, you know, it was really surprising how well it did, but you know, it's for the best. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves a little laugh in the day. Yeah. Capitalizing on a human moment that everyone can yes. relate to. Yep. Yeah. So you all just talked about successful campaigns. How do you define the success in social media? Is it your following? Is it your how many comments you get? Is it you get a new member after a post? What kind of data do you track? And what is how do you define success? Diva, let's start with you on this one. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be honest. I think it varies from campaign to campaign. I mean, you know, if the goal, it depends on what your call to action is at the time, honestly. So if the call to action is we want to get more members, if you get more members, great, then that was a successful campaign. You know, if it's, if the goal is just to bring brand awareness and you increase that, that's successful. So I don't necessarily think it's one particular metric. It, I think it is more tailored towards what the goal is for that particular campaign. That, that, that's how I would play that because it, it could be anything. I mean, we've done campaigns where like, you might not have really any likes or not too much, but you look in the back end, you're like, oh, a lot of people shared this mm -hmm. or somebody saved this. Like, okay, so it, it hit a little different than we thought. So I think it just depends on the call to action of the campaign. I agree. A lot of like our social media will have like two likes, but then our story's been read like hundreds and hundreds of times. So it's just like we can't define our success of the article off of how many likes we have. Bree, what about you? What metrics do you look at? I would say my favorite metric to look at is our engagement rate. I feel like it's a good way to, you know, evaluate our brand health online. Um, impressions, again, like you said, a lot of people may view it, but if they aren't engaging with it, you know, what's the point? <laughs> so that's, that's what we like to look at the most. Paula, what about you? Um, I look at it very similar. I mean, when it comes to organic social media and just things that I'm posting, I always look at the engagement because I think that's just kind of real-time feedback on how our members are resonating with our posts. Um, when it comes to any kind of paid ad, um, especially on social, you, you have to do a little bit of a deeper dive, but I always look at click-through rates and conversion rates. Um, but that kind of ties into like landing page and, you know, the messaging. So you always have to do a deeper dive, but those are definitely the three most important metrics that I look at um, pretty much day to day. Mario? Um, so I love what Paula said, because um, for us, we run a lot of ads. And with those ads, we are looking at the click through and conversion rate, really for the ads, we just want brand awareness, because once we get people in the door, we know that we can sell the gym, like it, it's it, it sells itself, we just have to get people interested and and 
in their face. And once they see it, then we get them in. As far as organic, we look at shares a lot just because I always feel like if someone has the, the, the notion and the moment to hit share and send it to a friend, then it's like, okay, that meant something to them that has done their job so well that they want to share it with something else. It's not even like, oh, this is incredible news in my life. No, they're sharing something to do with their jam that they go to, which to me is saying that they're inviting them to come. Hopefully they like it and they'll do the same thing. And it just kind of, you know, we repeat that type of action out of them. So it depends on, again, with organic, if they send it great with um, ads, we, we just want people to be aware of the brand. Yeah, we've talked a lot about organic content and then just posting to platforms. We haven't talked too much about actual advertising on social media. So I'm wondering if we can get into that a little bit more. Um, what advice would you give to operators who may who are maybe just kind of dipping their toe in the paid advertising water on social media? What would you what advice would you give them? Bree, let's start with you. Um, well, I would say our best channels are Instagram and Facebook. And I think that's a good place that people just starting out could dip their toes in. Yeah. Anything you've learned in regards to like um how to cater to interests or geographics or zip codes? Um, no, I I don't run the ads directly, so I okay. wouldn't be able to speak to that. No worries, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul, Paula, how about you? Any advice on some paid advertising on social media? Yeah, we do a lot of paid advertising. Um, our biggest ones being Facebook and Instagram and then Google ads. Um, I think if you're just starting, I would definitely recommend Facebook and Instagram, especially because it's more affordable and it's a little bit more user-friendly. And I think you can also look at the call to action that works best. For example, learn more does not work for our people. It's sign up. So it needs to be something that that you can click through. You're going to sign up to do something. Um, And I kind of touched on it before, but having kind of like that seamless experience where if you're scrolling through Instagram, you don't want to look at something and say, oh God, this is an ad. You want to look at it and be like, oh, this is cool. Oh, it's an ad kind of thing. Um, So see how you can do that in the best way for for your company. Yeah. Mara, you shared some insight into this, but any other advice on paid advertising? Um, I think for a lot of businesses, they are afraid of it. So I just want people to try it. Like sometimes just take $50, just see what it can do. Uh, if you have a, a, a really interesting post, just see what it can do. Because some people think you have to have this overly sophisticated ad like uh, approach, but Facebook, Meta, Instagram, they pretty much lay it out perfectly for you. Just, just see what it can do because you will be shocked at how how much because Instagram is not nice. You know, the organic mm-hmm. reach will always be significantly low. A lot of your followers won't see your post. But as soon as you throw a little money at it, Instagram is like, oh, OK, you know, I know you're serious now. So I'll show everybody your stuff. Just see what it can do. Uh, so take your most interesting post, your most riveting post and uh, run an ad. Fifty dollars, one hundred dollars. Test it out. You know, just taste test. You never know what it can do for you. Yeah, it's a great point because it is getting harder to reach your audiences who actually follow you. I mean, in a lot of cases, you do have to put a little bit of money behind it in order for a post to be reached or what what have you. So great point. Diva, any advice on this one? 
Yeah, I mean, social media is a business, and they're in, they're in business to make money, the platform. So you have to pay to play. Organic reach is great, but if you're if you're trying to make money, you're gonna have to spend money. So be prepared to pay to play. And um, I encourage you to do A/B testing. And if you don't know what that is, it's simply you need to have two versions of your ad of your call to action. Um, in the beginning, I learned the hard way because all the ads that I thought were amazing did terribly. And the ones that I thought were, I was like, nobody's going to respond to that are the ones that did great. So you definitely want to do some A-B testing and know that when you're getting in the paid ad space, it takes time to generate movement. Like sometimes it's instant, but that steady ad spend is going to take you a month or two and you're going to start to really see and get in the flow and the groove. So be patient as well. I think that be patient segues good into the next topic. Um, social media trends and where we're headed. I don't feel like many of us saw TikTok's boom coming. Um, I didn't personally. But where do you think, what's the next big trend? What are, where do you think we're going and how can your business be ready for it? Paula, let's start with you on this one. Oh, um. I think that we're heading towards a really big change. Um, the first one is that we're going to be in a cookie-less future, which is definitely going to affect how we're going to market um, to people digitally. And I also touched on having a more seamless experience with ads. Um, it's interesting because I think we're going to have to think outside the box a lot more than we're even used to because so many people are on social media, posting ads, everything. So we're really going to have to look at it in a more unique way. Um, a trend right now is be real. Um, and I honestly think that that's going to shift how we're marketing. I don't think that Be Real is going to be as successful as a lot of people think. That's my controversial opinion. Um, but I do think it's going to shift how we're posting and how we're talking to our people digitally. Yeah. And for those who don't know what Be Real is, um, a time is released with some point throughout the day and you take a picture forward facing and the backside of your camera. It's just so you're more authentic on social media. It takes away the filters, the comments, the everything else. It's just a more authentic approach to social media. Um, Diva, what about you? Where do you think we're headed? You know, I know we briefly like talked about the whole Twitter thing before we hopped on and a lot of the platforms are having so many major changes. Meta's like, well, they were all pro web three. I don't know what's going on now. So I, I think somehow, and I'm not a big techno geek, but I really feel like whatever happens with web three and the metaverse is going to play a huge part in the interactions on social media. Like, mm -hmm. again, I'm not a big techno geek. I just know a little bit about that stuff, but it's, it's already kind of getting in there. Like our wallets are going to be connected. It's, it, it's about to get, like she said, it's about to get kind of weird. <laughs> it's about to get very interesting and very weird right now because it's coming and I think the way we engage with people through the through on social and through this device is about to become more and more like integrated. I thought we were already integrated, but even more, mm -hmm. even more. It's gonna be seamless, I think. 
it's interesting that you bring that up because I literally saw a commercial last night for an insurance company, but it was all about the metaverse. And I was like, what is happening? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's getting weird. It is getting weird. <laughs> Mario, what's your thoughts on this? Where do you think we're headed? So I, I think it's going to be two things. One is the Diva, you're so right. The connectivity. People just want to be more and more connected. So I've already been watching videos of people trying to do like real group classes through the 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 Meta Quest, the Oculus, the old Oculus Quest, the PlayStation VR. So I'm just like, okay, so people are going to this is going to be the next Peloton. Got it. This is going to be the workout from home. Um, but then maybe they do it and you can work out with your friend. Like while like I, I can see the connectivity growing heavily. Uh, how we're going to integrate it, I have no idea. More than likely, group classes is going to be the way to go. Uh, the other thing I think is trending um, is going to be long-form content. I know we've been you know, spoiled and overly consuming a lot of TikTok and Instagram reels, and I think long-form is getting uh, more popular because uh, people are making podcasts so much more. Uh, because like they want to hear what people have to say and on podcasts I always tell people I tell a lot of clients like if you do short form you don't really have to open the window but when you do a podcast you can't play pretend for an hour an hour and a half all right like your your real personality is going to come out eventually so I think people are seeking more authenticity more realism so I think people will gravitate to podcasts and long form content more because they feel like they actually are becoming friends with whoever they're consuming. So we'll see. I don't know about you, but I definitely feel like I'm friends with the people who host the podcast <laughs> I listen to. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's my best. You listen to it every exactly. Week. <laughs> Bree, what about you? Where do you think we're headed? Um, I going back to video, I think video is going to continue to trend. And I really like how uh, you brought up be real, where I do not think that's going to be huge, at least for businesses. It is showing that people do like to show businesses to show up more authentic online. And I think that that's going to continue to be a trend. I think businesses creating stuff that is more real it's not as designed there's not as much production I really think that's going to be a big trend in the future it's already starting <laughs> yeah all right um we're nearing the end of our time here so I'm going to go ahead Taylor I'm going to go through and just answer or ask a few questions from the audience and then Taylor I'll let you take the final one um, but yes, we've got a couple questions from the audience. The first is when it comes to video, perfect subway, should the videos be pro quality or user generated content style? And maybe it just depends. Mario, what are your thoughts on that? So um, I'm one of those people that upgrades my phone every single year. So here you go, iPhone 14 Pro Max. <laughs> uh, the reason why is because I've watched it flop with professional quality video and it hurts my heart because I love my professional quality video but when you have your regular phone and it takes good video people feel more connected because that's also what they use on their daily basis so when sometimes when it's too produced it's not going to work but i've also seen like maybe for a youtube video maybe for something that's more educational having professional lighting and it looks really good it works too but I, so i would say professional if you're trying to educate and 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 really I guess, have a more, more polished look, professional. But if you want to be more authentic and connect with people, phone every single time. 
Got it. Um, Diva, Paula, Bree, if you could, do you guys want to expand on that at all? If so, just raise your hand. Okay. I'll, we'll just I'll just do it this way. I'll I'll ask the questions from the audience, and then panelists just raise your hand if you you want to answer it. Um, let's see. Um, I've got someone wondering what should be an ideal engagement rate for your social media posts. Well, Go I ahead, Bree. I I like to make sure that we're at least above like fifteen percent engagement rate. That's just for us. I don't know if anyone else has an opinion on it, but that's our benchmark I like to look at. Okay. Anyone else? I was going to say, usually by the numbers, they usually say about three to 4% of your followers are going to engage with your content. So you getting 15% is rock star, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's usually between two and four percent. So mm -hmm. you that's that's what you're looking at on on average. And that's and we're talking organic, right? We're we're yes. talking we're not yeah. talking we're paid, just so. talking organic. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's great. That means they yes. love you. That's Absolutely. great. <laughs> yeah. Fifteen percent. That's we beautiful. like that. <laughs> yeah, good yeah. to know. Um, and then I don't know if any of you, I know some of you are posting to TikTok, but if you're using TikTok ad advertising, um, any advice there in regards to like how closely you can pinpoint it? But I know there's a little bit of restrictions in regards to zip codes and geographic. Um, I think you can just pick a city. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does anyone have any insight on that? Um, personally, I'm not sure. I haven't, we haven't explored it yet. That's kind of what we're going to do in this upcoming year, but I have heard that there are some restrictions. Um, the only thing that I've really gathered from like my very minimal research is just to make it look like it's another TikTok that you're watching before it kind of turns into an ad um, and definitely kind of get the attention within the first two to three seconds. Got it. So each of you are just using, just posting to TikTok, TikTok, not necessarily doing TikTok advertising. We, I've made some TikTok ads for the gym. Uh, you know, shout out to our sponsor today, Moda CI. Uh, they actually run those ads for us. I, I don't know much about it. This is the reason why I don't touch it, but I can tell you before making it, we were like, okay, we got to make sure there's text here. We got a vertical video, split it, all these type of things, make it look like, as you said, make it look like a TikTok video, but also like it's like it's normal. You don't want it to feel like an ad. You want it to feel like it's it's the dopamine effect of just scrolling over and over and they just so happen to come up on, you know, your video that is in the natural flow of their overconsumption on TikTok. So uh, it works. I know we use uh, geotags uh, for the city. And so we don't really try to expand it too far just to make it effective. Cause I think TikTok ads are still developing. This is, this is not its final form. They're still testing out what it looks like. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and then someone's curious if there's anything that your brand can do to encourage user generated content where members are making their own um, social or videos and sharing on social media, any advice there? Go ahead, Paula. Um, I forgot who mentioned this, but there's the TVs where you can use the hashtag. I think it was Diva. Yeah. Um, so we have the same TVs and that is, it's perfect. I mean, our members will go ahead, post something, use the hashtag and tag us. And it's just a great way to kind of get them on TV, but also post on their own. Yeah. Diva? Um, 
Mario actually spoke to this a little earlier. We repost everything they do. As long as there's nothing too wild and crazy, we repost everything. <laughs> we will like, and if, and like he said, if you don't, and I'm not, I half of my team is in LA. So if they miss it and I miss it, I have people like, you didn't repost my video. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, so reposting them, you want them to be engaged, repost them and they will keep tagging you and keep tagging you. So absolutely. Mario, anything you want to add on this one? Uh, that's Diva already covered. Like, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's something about seeing yourself um, on a, a, a popular page. People just get excited. I, want, I mean, just, you know, for all the people listening, think about when you share something from your favorite brand that you've spent a lot of money on, your favorite clothing brand or anybody, shoe brand, then they repost you. It makes your day. It changes the trajectory of the energy that you're going to take with you for the rest of the day. So yeah. think about how you can have that same effect on your customers. Awesome. All right, Taylor, you want to land the plane for us? Yeah, this has been a great discussion. Um, but if there's just one final piece of advice you all want to share on the topic, what would it be? And Bree, we're going to start with you. Just one last piece of advice. I would say be authentic online all the time always be true to yourself and your brand and don't go away from that diva um social media is here to stay you don't got to be on everything but you need to get on something pick something pick something get just start stop waiting for the perfect moment to uh launch your social media for your business get it done and if you don't know how if budget's an issue, get you some 16-year-old in your gym because they're really good at doing it and they get the angles. I grab these young girls all the time. I'll be like, yo, take that picture for me. Get the angles. And then if you, if you, it's in your budget, which I'll get a team. I actually have a team too that I consult with that help me and guide me. So just start, please start, start. Okay. <laughs> Paula? I think to be good at social media, you have to be on social media. Um, to really get an understanding. And I always say this, and I don't know if many people agree, but I don't like scheduling any posts. Like I like to post in the moment. And even if it's not possible all the time, try to be very present because people can pick up when it's a scheduled post and you just put it out there. Or if you're in that moment and people liked that, that behind the scenes, that slice of life kind of vibe. Awesome, Mario. I'm going to try to connect this all, but uh, I look at social media like you are a chef and you own a restaurant and you don't know what recipe is going to work the best. You have no idea. The only way is to, like Paula was saying, you have to go and taste it yourself. You have to use it. I've had consultants come to me and they want to work and they tell me they're social media experts and they have a great spill. Then I go to their personal social media page. If you're not doing it yourself, if you're not tasting your own food, how can I trust you to give me that same thing? So I want you all to like, make sure you're testing these things out. And when it fails, great, cool. That didn't work. Go try something else. Like the recipe is not going to be perfect the first time. So don't be afraid to test. Like if it doesn't work, keep it going until you figure out the perfect formula, perfect recipe that works for your business. And, and, and it may not be what you've seen work for other fitness companies. It could be just your thing. And then just build off of that. It's a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, guys, we're about out of time. This has been such a fun, engaging discussion. So panelists, thank you guys so much. Um, it's been great. And attendees, thanks for being so engaged. We got so many questions. And um, yeah, thanks again to everyone. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Thank, thank you. you. Bye.